0: receives one such child in my name, receives me. And whoever receives me, receives not me, but him who sent me. Mark chapter 9, verse 37. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. To understand the weight of the teaching that Jesus is giving in our Gospel this morning, a little bit of cultural contact, context helps throw his message into relief. If we look at what was slightly different about the world of Jesus' time from our own, we can hear more closely what Jesus is trying to teach us this morning. The big cultural difference between our day and Jesus' day, it, in this, as it pertains to our Gospel, is how children were viewed. Um, many are surprised to find out that what we think is sort of the instinctive uh, way we think of kids as sort of cute and nice and endearing, at least most of the time, Um, that very idea, believe it or not, was actually invented in the mid-19th century. And it's hard to believe that because it seems so instinctual. Like, How could anyone not think about children like the way we think about children? But there's enormous quantities of written evidence from the past that reveals they did not always view children the way we think of it, sort of precious, sweet little ones who are growing up to be adults. Aren't they cute? Um, It was actually the opposite for most of human history. Prior to the 19th century, children were viewed as the very lowest members of society, like on par or even below sort of the rank of servant. And the reason for this was because... um, the world was very worldly minded. There was a sense of, well, children, they don't contribute very much. They mostly just demand. They're not very rational. Like all the things which sort of adults hold as sort of things, sorry kids, to be kind of hard on you this morning. I'm not saying this is true. This is, just be glad that you were born in the 21st century and not in the past centuries. Um, But they thought, well, they didn't contribute much. They're not very rational. And so they were thought to be of not, they're actually thought to be of very very little value. which is part of the paradigm that underwrote the very widespread in the ancient world practice of exposure of unwanting children, just saying, just get out, we don't want you anymore. Children's lives were considered to be of very little value. It kind of stings even to think about it like that, doesn't it? Um, Kids, you are of great value, and I'm glad you have good parents. Um, But that helps us to understand what Jesus is getting at. right? When he's picking up a child and saying, receive one of these, it's not like, oh, yeah, of course, we love kids, right? They were like, when mean, think about the other encounters that we see between Jesus and children and the disciples, there's one point where mothers are trying to bring their children to Jesus off of some instinctive right apprehension that they would receive his blessing. And the disciples are like, get out of here, riffraff, about the kids. And Jesus is saying, I mean, they don't say riffraff, but that's the tone of their rejection. And Jesus says, no, 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 no. Let the little children come to me. The fact that in the 19th century we sort of woke up to the value and joy of children is sort of the late fruit of a Christian paradigm that children are valuable, which Jesus gave us against his cultural background. No other rabbi, no other philosopher, no one in Jesus' day except Jesus thought children were of value. What he's saying actually in taking up a child and saying, "Um, he who receives one of these little ones, one of uh, such child in my name receives me, this isn't coming out of left field. He's extending what he said one verse before when he said, oh, you want to be the greatest? Okay. Here's how you do that. You be last of all. In fact, further, you be servant of whoever's last of all. Like you be the bottom of the bottom of the bottom. Look, here's an instance. And he scoops up a kid and says, serve these. Serve children. Serve the ones whose society thinks have no value. Put great value on those people and be their servants. I mean, that's radical. That's really wild that Jesus is teaching that. It's, there's some normal sensibility today, but this would have been just like you can just picture the disciples' eyes. Like, you want us to serve the kids? Like, it would have it would have really uh, messed with their paradigm because they had inherited their culture and their worldly vision of of children not being of great value. Jesus is saying, care for the little children by sort of meaning care for the least of these, and, and not just care with a sort of uh, arm's length, weekend warrior, sort of few dollars here and there, charity. Right? The word he uses is receive. Receive A word he actually embodies in a sort of physical teaching, by, by scooping up one of the kids and giving him a hug. Um, there's actually a legend about one of the bishops of the early church who they said he was the child that Jesus picked up. Um, I mean, what a fun memory that would be forever. Like, yeah, the, the Messiah gave me a hug. Um, he, when, he does, when he scoops them up, he's saying, he's, he's embodying what he's teaching. He's saying, receive. Don't just help out over here in little bits. Welcome the least of these into your life. Draw them close. The Greek word receive actually has in it the idea like, receive with both your arms. Dekomai is the word. Um, receive the people that society says have no value with great value. So when we translate, when we sort of know that about the first century setting of Jesus' teaching, um, who does that translate to in the 21st century? I still think, first and foremost, literal children. <laughs> right? The, we don't need to go very far to understand the application here. On every front. You know, one of the great pressures of our age is to abandon the difficult task of investing in your kids and raising them, on the altar of success and efficiency and wealth. Not doing that as the church. Caring, receiving children. You're receiving your own children. Caring about receiving all children, which means if there's ever any misconduct in the air around you, reporting it and not covering it up. It sometimes means caring for kids that are not your own, as the nursery volunteers do here, past and present. Just to throw this out there, in case God might be putting it on your heart, there are 6,400 children in Alabama awaiting foster care placement. I think caring about the least valued in society and the little children also means never willfully turning a blind eye to the holocaust of abortion in our midst. It's still happening all around us. In the time this sermon is top to bottom, 50 children will be killed around the country. Even though um, it's been many years since Roe versus Wade, it's never too late to keep praying, to keep longing for the end of this holocaust To protesting in whatever way you are able to contacting your congressman I mean to never forget that this is just happening to care about children even the ones who are not born I think that's part of society is saying these lives are of very little value And as the church said no 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 we value the ones that society says has little value This is why as a church we're radically committed to supporting uh, women's hope the pregnancy resource clinic uh, in Auburn, because they are stemming that tide through careful, life-oriented counselling, helping um, to spare the lives of those who would not otherwise not be valued. As a church, on every front, we should be distinguished by heeding Jesus' words to care for kids. Whether they're our kids, not our kids, born, unborn, doesn't matter. Care for kids. I think that's sort of the first meaning of what Jesus is teaching us this morning, I think there's another, that since the child that he swoops up is emblematic of the least valued person in society, the other sort of shoe, the foot that this shoe fits on in our day, is the poor. Those who, in a world which is driven by market values, how much dollars can you put on things, are sometimes described as not being good for anything. And I actually want to say, even the ones who milk the system, who, to most people's eyes, are the most despised of all, right? They're not just the poor, they're the ones who are milking the system poor. That's like the lowest of the low in in regular regular valuation. Now, before you think I'm just going on a liberal rant, I'm not. I'm not talking about building social programs or voting for this candidate. Those are decisions that you need to make on your own. And I will happily share my private opinions with you in private. But that's actually not what I'm wanting to bring from the pulpit because Jesus isn't saying here, create special programs for these little ones. That, that may or may not be the case in live life. What he's saying is receive them, receive them, which actually means our job as Christians isn't to fix the problems of the poor. That's actually not our job. Our job is to receive the poor, which does mean helping out for immediate needs. Maybe even often and at expense, but that's a derivative function of just living alongside, of welcoming into our lives with a warmth and, and into community. It was one of the brags of the early church. They became known as the church of the poor. Not because they had, were doing much monetarily or financially for them, the early church had no money. <laughs> but because in church, the poor found community and friendship and sanctuary and sometimes financial help, but also order and prayers and joy in the gospel. So I want it to not be a secret. I want out a, a secret of something maybe you're not many of you know, but um, my dream for the good shepherd, I'm often sort of dreaming about sort of years to come, like, what well, it look like in five years and 10 years and 20 years and trying to imagine what the Lord might be doing among us. One of the things I dream about is that we would be a church that is receptive to the poor, welcome, that actually more and more members would be from the poorer classes. Not because I just think sort of charity is good as some liberal thing, that's not my thing, I think that's God's thing, but because it reveals the community and the mercy of God when we care about those who society doesn't care about, and when we are united in one body, in the mercy we've all received from the God who cares about us. And the reason that's part of my vision, that when I picture sort of these pews five, ten years from now, I see more and more people who are poor, is because of the promise that Jesus has attached to it in the gospel that we heard this morning, right? He says, he who would be great, and I want this church to be great on Jesus' terms, not on worldly terms, right? There are many churches with a lot of money, which doesn't make them great. <laughs> what makes you great is if you do what Jesus says makes you great, and what he says makes you great, is to care for the ones whose society says are not great. To actually receive them into the parish family, into our individual lives. It's actually more than that. It's not just about greatness. Jesus says he's so identifies with and is present through the lives of the poor. And this is very mysterious. The ancient church would even talk about it in a similar language to the sacraments, that in some way, in the same way we draw so close, actually infinitely close to the risen Lord in communion, but in a similar way to the sacraments where outward things are means of drawing near to the invisible God, that's who the poor are, according to Jesus, who who the little children are. He says if you pick, if you receive... One of these little ones, one of these ones who's not valued, you receive me. You actually receive Jesus himself. And you say, well, that's not Jesus, that's just a person. Right. (laughs) Think spiritually. See that Jesus is present in the midst of that relationship and interaction. And not just Jesus. Jesus says, not just him, but the Father who sent him, which means all the blessings of the nearer presence of God can be ours if we draw near to those who are at the bottom of society's valuation. Again, please don't read my words through sort of the filter of the political debates that war in our age. I'm not talking about any political alliance. I'm just talking about being friends and welcoming in a very normal way people who are poor into our lives. There's so many... um, Almost every praise song on Christian radio is sort of crying out, Lord, we just want to draw closer to you, which is the right impulse. But Jesus has given us really concrete ways. It's like, oh, great, hang out with poor people. <laughs> There's a very clear direction here. And I think one of the accidental sort of splits in sort of Christian paradigms is that, you know, some Christians think it's all about sort of just, just the inner life, and some people think it's all about the outer life. And if, if you separate that, the fullness of the Christian life was lost. The whole idea is that in drawing near, seeking to draw near to the invisible God in our prayer life, with our inner man, that should lead us to seek him where he's told us we can seek him, which is in receiving the little ones, the little children, those who are least valued. We actually connect with the unseen God through the concrete act of loving according to the values of the kingdom, which means loving the least. As Jesus says elsewhere, loving your enemies. Right? These are ways to live within the kingdom and, and draw near to God in our actions. When we do that, especially in light of our gospel today, um, our life will be filled with blessing. And I don't mean the blessing like bigger numbers in your bank account. <laughs> I mean a, a life where there's sense of focus and purpose and a sense of God's nearer presence animating your, your, your steps. That's the testimony of the great saints all of whom pay profound attention to the poor and to the children. You look at the biography of any great saint and they're always stopping to pay attention to kids and pay attention to the poor. So I invite you, you know, we're doing this practice of reflecting on the gospel lesson for the week and on Thursdays we're getting together and meditating on it. Let this gospel sink in. Believe Jesus' words. He's not bluffing. Whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. And whoever receives me receives not me, but, but him who sent me. Amen.